I'm back. So, um, yeah, any shuffling you hear, I'm just on my couch, comfortable. Um, the fridge in the background, um, <laughs> as I clarified in the what is it last episode, my fridge and my kitchen's joined, so it's just the setup, you know. Um, so you'll probably hear it come up in a bit, but anyway, there we go, <laughs> just in time. Um, this episode is. I just need to pray. Actually, let me just pray first. Um, Pops, as I just... Uh, Lord, you know how difficult this is for me to talk about. You know the emotions, the feelings that I have. I just ask that you guide my words, that everyone's going to understand why I'm being so transparent. Not everyone will get it, but Lord, I just believe you've put it on my heart to have a level of transparency so that other people can see in their life that what they're going through, they can surrender it over to you and to know they're not weird to know that it's not all in their head, but these are real, real life things that we go through. So Lord, I'm, I, I don't know where this is gonna go, to be honest. I just know that it's time to share this. So yeah, let me be a blessing to people and also let me have integrity um, for what I'm about to share in your name, amen. Um, oh, so this episode is going to be about um, my dad, uh, and it's it's heavier for me than the episode about my mom. To be honest, they're both very difficult. Um, and I haven't, I haven't even been able to listen. Because sometimes I listen back to the episodes. I just do sometimes. But I've, I've just intentionally just skipped over the episodes with my mom. Um, yeah. But there's, there's stuff I'm still working through. But I needed to get that out there. Um, but these episodes are going to be about my dad, um, and there is a lot I have to say, so I, I may do it in a mini-series, like a father-daughter thing, and I was sceptical at first to do this because, um, I saw my dad in a certain light, and it's until going through counselling and the truth being brought out and realizing that my dad wasn't perfect like I thought he was. And let me clarify, this is not, I expect him to be an angel with wings. But in regards to what I shared about the episode with my mom, 
going through counselling and having people supporting me and just working through stuff mentally and unravelling that with me, I can see how a lot of what she did to myself was allowed to happen. Um, everyone's got their own opinions and their beliefs about gender roles, all that type of stuff. That people just be putting in all these words. I'm not looking at no gender roles, no this, no that. I'm just talking about my understanding and my belief. Um, and I am a Christian. And as a Christian anyway, I don't subscribe to what everyone subscribes. I don't, I'm not that person like, yeah, we all do this. No, there's things that I do that people may call whatever, worldly, secular, whatever. Um, but... I do believe in the father being the head of the household if you have a father. I know there's people I've grown up with um, <clears throat> who came from single parent households and I believe God gives grace um, and I don't believe that means that the mother should just abandon her children. I believe that God will give grace to give that mother, that dad, whoever it is, strength to be a mother and father figure. So. I'm not irrational and um, I'm not going to say, if you don't have a father figure, you are doomed. No, but let me speak of the truth. And the truth of the matter is a healthy home with a mother and father is the best home. Um, the best, it's just the best home um, to thrive the most. And there are great and exceptional people out there um, who have done amazing from not having parents who've, who've grown up in an orphanage and all sorts. Um, but statistically, biblically, it's much easier anyway. Let's talk about easier because you can still be successful and you can be emotionally healthy as well. But it's much easier to come from a two-parent household with a mother and father that's healthy. It's just easier. Statistics show us that we look at that in the word of God. When you have that that um, that unit, it's just much easier. That's the truth. Um, because myself, who did not grow up in a healthy home, um, I know that there's a lot of things that I need to work through. And I just know people who were my friends who grew up in a healthy home, they're not perfect, but there's just certain things they don't have to work through that I do. That's just the truth. Um, so I'm, I'm placing myself in that category of um, it not being the best home, so you can understand that. Um, so I just want to put a disclaimer out, actually, with that being said. Um, in no way, shape or form am I... I don't think I put a disclaimer out for, my, for the episode of my mother. I'm, I, may, I may do, I may add it, or I just may not. Yeah, um, but a disclaimer for this episode is I want people to understand that regardless of what you have been through with your father, with your family, um, you can become emotionally healthy. You can um, find love in, um, you know, if you are heterosexual and you want to find love um, as a woman from a man, you can find that healthy god-given love you can find someone who cares for you and i thank god that i've been able to see good healthy male figures in my life so i know that good men do exist i do believe that now did i always used to believe that no 
um, but I, I believe that now. Um, so I just want to put a, a disclaimer out there. What I'm about to say in regards to my dad, I'm not trying to bring him down as a black man. I need to say this as well, because um, I've mentioned before, my roots is um, British and Caribbean. Both my both my parents, well, both my parents are black. My, my dad was born here, but his background is, is Caribbean. Um, so he's British and Caribbean himself. But me and my mum and my brother were born in the Caribbean. I've grown up here most of my life. My culture's mixed, British and Caribbean. I wanna say that I'm not trying to tear down um, the black community. I'm not trying to add to any stereotypes. I am not trying to sweep anything under the carpet. I am giving my life from my perspective as a Christian woman. So some things I will say that people, you, you know, you may feel triggered by and you may feel like, don't say that. These are things that, you know, we wanna work on in the black community. This is my perspective as a Christian. Um, I see myself being connected to everyone. And I'm not ashamed of my heritage, my background, um, but I have to share the truth and I cannot keep anything quiet to save face. There's too many people, regardless of their ethnicity, because the people who listen to this podcast, when I check my statistics, you know, um, of where the podcast is being played, I have all different people all different ethnicities listening to the podcast so what I'm about to say will apply to everybody um, but I know there are people um, of, of the whether you are African, Caribbean, American, British um, who have some type of African heritage roots that's listening to the podcast and for those of you listening my intention is not to um, not to make you or your family um, or to make anyone feel less than so that being said let me stop because i keep i can keep going on um where do i start i'm so nervous i'm so nervous um let me just start with this growing up I, I always looked at my dad as my hero. Um, so let me set the scene for you. I grew up with my mother and my father. Um, I don't know life without my mother and my father. My dad has always been there from day one. Um, his parents were married being together all this time, um, from, you know, for a period of time, um, a period of time because my, my nan has passed away, but when she was alive, and my mother's parents still together, so as far as, hold on, this will make me third generation, so as far as the first generation, in terms of, that's the people I know, I don't know much further beyond my grandparents, um, as far as that generation, my grandparents were married, my parents 
were married. So my parents, um, as far as I know, and as far as I've seen, um, have seen both my mother and my father have seen marriages in their life. So I haven't come from a background in terms of going back to my first generation because I would be the third. I haven't come from a single parent background. Um, when we were in the Caribbean, I was born there. We lived there for a number of years. Um, then we came to England. My father was born here um, in England. I'm not going to say where, but he was born in England. And went to the Caribbean. Was there for obviously the years I was born. Then he brought us back. So for him, it was coming back. But for me, my mum, my brother, it was coming too. Um, came to England. Um, my father, for me, was a figure who... Because I didn't know any better, I thought he was a figure of strength and stability. But it's so odd, meaning, because we as human beings, we are not just, we're not just flesh, but we are mind and we are spirit. We can still tell when things are off, when things are wrong. But you won't be able to call it a thing or fully identify it's like you're identifying it with blurred vision because obviously you don't have certain knowledge yet as well as you don't have certain maturity but you just feel that it's off that's the best way to describe it and I thought he was a, a, a figure of stability I thought he was um I thought he could do no wrong um and even when he did wrong, I always made an excuse for it. Um, I justified it in my head and even verbally as well, um, when my mother would complain about him to me. And, and that was something that shouldn't be done, but there's a lot of unhealthy things that were taking place. But I would always say, no, you're looking at it wrong. You don't understand what you're saying, all this type of stuff. Um, and when certain things weren't done for the family, I would justify it and think maybe it's the system, you know, and maybe he's being oppressed as a black man. Maybe, you know, he's having difficulties because I don't know, whatever, whatever. Um, you know, maybe it's spiritual because from a very young age, I started to connect with God. Before I became like really serious from a very, very young age, I started to connect with God um, very young. So, you know, certain thoughts for me was maybe it's a spiritual thing. Um, but as I got older and I started to grow more as just a person, grow more my spirituality, even though I still didn't know a lot of things, I recognised that things were very upside down in our household and I couldn't understand it. And there was a lot that was done, 
by my dad that at the time I thought was protective but I knew I knew it made me feel feel scared and I couldn't understand and now I know a lot of it was control and manipulation a lot of it um, was ego and pride and I remember learning from young about a man and a woman and, and the ego and the pride and I remember thinking well it, you know I get why my dad would you know, be a bit prideful it's a man thing it's a hard thing it's a struggle but now as an adult um, in my mid-twenties not you know 12 anymore 15 or 18 or whatever now as an adult um, having gone to counselling um, having worked through certain stuff, now living on my own, I have had to face the realisation that I swept a lot of things under the rug. One, for my own peace sake, you know, for, for my own mind, because I was already being treated very horribly by my mother and... I don't think mentally I would have coped to see the truth, the full truth about my dad. Um, it would have just taken me out. Um, and it's only in the last years when I started to challenge his behaviour in terms of um, walking in my own independence as a woman, as a Christian woman, like, instead of, you know... my. And my dad would use the Bible a lot to manipulate the family. Um, and I started reading it for myself because obviously I was just growing my relationship with God. I started reading it for myself. Um, so when you start doing something for yourself, it's there in black and white, isn't it? So it wasn't like, oh, yeah, I see what you're saying because I don't see what you're saying because what I'm reading in front of me is different to what you're saying or what you're displaying. So I started having a relationship with God for myself and what I started doing, um, people, you know, I, I believe it was so many things God has, you know, been doing for me and I, I now know as an adult, God was always there with me. I've heard people say this and it is actually true. God, God has always been there with me, even before I was a Christian, that's the truth. Um, but, you know, I had different people who would mentor me, nurture me. Um, people who would kind of meet with me weekly um, after service, sit down, talk through me, talk to me, encourage me, pray with me, all this type of stuff. So my eyes started to open very early as a young woman. And I thank God um, because it was a strength. And I thank God because a lot of lies and deception started to lose their grip on me. Because obviously, um, I even had I even had a leader in church approach me and um, say I'm going to mentor you and it was it was so powerful and it was so good but having people mentor me and pray over me um, and speak life into me as a young woman I realized oh well that's different to what my dad says like they're saying something different and I started to realize. Why is it when they speak to me, I feel like within my chest, I feel good within my stomach. This is, this is all the intuition and this is the conscience. This is what God gives us as people um, to navigate through life. Um, and I would say to myself, how come I feel 
good when they talk to me and they encourage me. But when my dad speaks to me, I walk away from the conversation and my head may feel heavy, I feel tired, I feel angry at myself. And I started, and I didn't realise them all this time, obviously, because it's only in the last, it's only in my 20s I've been going to counselling and stuff. So all this time I couldn't identify certain things. But not realising that because of his own self-loathing um, that was projected onto the family. And I remember when things started to get very stiff especially with myself and both of my parents was when I started wanting to explore more and my dad would say oh that's not the best thing to do it's not wise to do that use wisdom and I would sit down I would say yeah yeah he knows he knows what he's talking about definitely but then in his own life and when it came to the way he would operate with his occupation with his connections with people he made a lot of foolish decisions and I would know some of them because my mum would just blatantly share them to shame him um, because of whatever you know they must have had and, and they argued a lot um, so I would know certain things because I would just hear it but also as well um, I would just I would know but also see you know in the way he operated because as much as you can operate and try and be manipulative or whatever. Whether I'm, when I say try, I'm not talking about you sit down and you're intentionally trying to be manipulative. But if that's something that you've learned, no matter whether you are manipulative, let me say that, you still will walk around with shame and guilt because um, in this world, there is good versus evil. And no one who does anything that um, is on the side of evil, whether it, when I say evil, let me just clarify, anything that is not on the side of good. Evil is the extreme, good is the extreme. There's the in-between, all that stuff. You get what I'm saying. Um, but no one that operates on that side, doing anything um, that is manipulative, that is um, unjust, that is hypocritical, you're not going to walk around feeling good. So I would see, a, I would see like, Growing up, I can, I can honestly say he had a constant cloud of shame around him. So all this time, I saw these things and um, I just couldn't quite put a finger onto it. And in the last years of me being at home and me saying, no, dad, um, I, I don't think that's true what you're saying. And seeing the way he would react to me, just having my own opinion, really showed me my father was never the man I thought he was. Never. And I didn't realise that what I thought was admiration was a fear. I didn't realise all these years that I was actually fearful of my dad. And when I'm thinking... Because, as I said, it's only in the last few years I started to challenge him. I started to challenge my mum way back um, when she started treating me a certain way because I, it, was more, it was more of me proving to her, no, it's not true what you're saying, this is not true about me. But 
I didn't have many interactions like that with my dad because I did everything he wanted. I did everything he said. When he would slander my mother to me, um, I said, yeah, yeah, you're right, dad. She's this kind of woman. She's this all this type of stuff. And I remember they came to a point and I felt within me, and I believe it was the Holy Spirit. Ronnie, you do know that. Let me say it in a more loving way. Ronnie, you're being used between your parents and I'm the oldest. Um, and my parents use me a lot as their 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 wall, their badminton, whatever you call it, that, that thing that flies in the air when you hit it on the back. They use me a lot in their marriage like that. And there's a lot of things I know now as an adult they shouldn't have shared with me, but they shared it to be a weapon to the other person. But also as well, um, because my parents saw the way I was developing as a young woman, I think they also shared it as a way of control and manipulation. Um, I've said before that not many things I've had opportunities to do in life, but some things I have. And the things that I have had for, for me and my background, it was big opportunities. So my parents seeing all of this, um, and I remember I wanted to get my dad involved and I even tried to get my mom involved to an extent, more say to prove to her that everything she was saying about me wasn't true. Um, and recognizing that my dad had more of a persona than a reality. His reality was that his family was in a mess. His reality was um, that he didn't, a lot of the stuff he thinks he knows, he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And I say that, not saying that I have all, now that I'm 25, I have all the wisdom. That's not the case. This is the truth. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. If a lot of what you are preaching it's not manifesting in your life. A lot of what you're saying has to be garbage. And looking at my dad's life, and he would give this person advice and that person advice, and his marriage was awful. His relationship, I can't, I'm not gonna talk about my brother. And if you've noticed by now, I, I don't speak for my brother. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm just, this podcast is from my perspective. His relationship with his daughter is not good. Um, and even a lot of the dreams and goals and visions he had has any i'm just trying to think i don't think any of them's come to pass and let me let me even for for the sake of peace let me even say i don't think many has just in case one has one has started and the older he got the worse he got he became very grumpy, disgruntled, um, always having something quick and sharp to say about other people and um, thinking he was better than other people. And I got to a point as a teenager where I had enough of trying to play fake happy family. My parents thrived off of that. You know, if you can just imagine being a Caribbean family, black family, you've got the mother and the father in the home, you've got the children and presenting like we are this, this family walking with this grace and this essence, you know, and um, as the years went on, my parents did get better jobs, they did, 
Um, and me and my brother was never caught up in terms of society with any crime or um, any, any, anything that was bringing shame to the family. So you imagine, and obviously we attended church as well. So there was almost like this arrogance. There was not almost. There was this arrogance of we are better than other people. And I remember started thinking like that. And I didn't know where it was coming from, but it was obviously coming from my parents because they put on this face. Because the thing is, a lot of people would admire our family. And honestly, now that I'm here, I don't know what they were admiring. <laughs> I really don't know what they were admiring. But that, that's people, isn't it? People always look over the other side of the fence thinking that the grass is green and not really understanding um, what is going on. And people always say, you're such a nice family, such good kids, all this type of stuff. And I started to believe it, you know, growing up. And, and my parents would say, yeah, it's because we've worked hard, we've trained them, we've done this, we've done that. But inside our household was literally World War V almost every day. To a point where when my parents were arguing, it didn't faze me anymore. And, there, and there's me thinking, oh, it's because I'm getting stronger. And obviously now that I live on my own, I've gone through counselling, it's because I was absorbing a lot of the fear and the anger. And now I find myself... Um, being triggered by certain stuff and let me just explain i'm not talking about people like when there's certain sounds that's like let me just be raw and honest and i know this because obviously i've i've, I've spoken about certain things in counseling when there's certain sounds around me that's too loud my body starts shaking and i just remember crying to god and i said god what the heck is this about but it was because I was around a lot of anger and fear and trauma. I started, when I hear a sound that's unfamiliar to me, I start to get really panicky. And this is just sound. And then you imagine when I meet people who, because that's the thing, there are people outside of your family home who are also manipulative and who don't care. And when I met people like that this year, and who saw that weakness within me because as much as I'm growing and being transformed as a person people can still see things about us and I it's only now um, I've accepted that there is father wounds that I have I now see why certain things took place and happened to me this year because people took advantage of what I couldn't see and um you imagine even those encounters are traumatic for me. But to be in a place where even sounds are triggering me. Like, people laugh and joke about this triggering stuff. I'm not talking about people who take the mick. Oh, I'm triggered because you've said this. No, that's just people wanting to be selfish and have their own way. And that's people wanting to do whatever they want. I'm genuinely talking about I could be sleeping. And if there's a sound that's too loud... I wake up and I start I start looking for the exit. I start looking and thinking which door is open. That's 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 the genuineness and, and, and the honestness of, of, of the effect of certain things that have that's happened in my life and there's something that my dad did that I'm not gonna mention on the podcast. Um, but 
it put so much fear into me. And I swept it under the rug and it's only recently I said, you know what? God, what he did made me fearful. Um, and in the last few years, I started to, to become really fearful of my dad. But this particular thing he did just before I left made me really fearful. And I had to admit it to God because I never, I never had a fear of men growing up. Because any type of abuse I went through, the sexual and the emotional abuse um, was by a female family member and obviously the emotional abuse was from my mum. So I had a fear of women. Um, I didn't want to get too close in friendships. I didn't want anyone to backstab me, all that kind of stuff. But I didn't realise um, that in the latter years I started to develop a fear towards my dad, getting really, really fearful. Um, and then now I'm in a place where I have a fear of men and it's just so heartbreaking because I never feared men like that because obviously, as I said, of what I went through, I saw men as more of the protectors. I saw women, because I was a tomboy growing up um, and that was me obviously trying to protect myself and all kinds of sorts. But I saw women as, or just emotional. I remember thinking, why the heck am I a woman? You know, I, I would do so much better in this life as a man. Everything's set out, laid out for a man. And I thought, you know what, okay, I can't be a man, but I can walk around and act hard and no one would hurt me and no one would do this and do that. But now being in a place where I have a fear of men, um, it's, it's hurtful. It's hurtful because um, I never had this fear before. Um... And it's hurtful because my father, I spoke, I had some, I spoke to my father a lot, one-on-one. -on -one. And for integrity's sake, I'm not going to share conversations. But in some of the conversations that we had, I asked my dad some difficult questions as an adult, when I asked these questions, I was an adult. I asked my dad some difficult questions, difficult. Some of them he couldn't answer me. Some of them he was blatantly honest. Some of them he tried to brush under the carpet. But by me asking him those difficult questions, what I learned about him was this. When you do not address your wounds, it will plague everybody around you. And I can't justify my mom's actions because I probably may do more episodes. My mom herself is just a whole other story. And there's certain things that were shared about me of how she was before they got married. So some of her actions, as far as I was told, is nothing to do with my dad. Other actions grew, other actions came because of my dad, but to isolate them as people, my dad on the right, my mum on the left, both of them are clear pictures of when you do not address your wounds, you will plague everybody around you. And the, this, this may sound harsh, but I'm gonna be honest. That is the worst thing to do, is not address your wounds, have sex and have children.
because if you can get a mental image, your pain, your trauma is packaged up in that child. And now that I'm older, being one of the children from that marriage, I remember saying to God earlier on this year, I said, God, I am so angry and so hurt. I don't know if I can keep living this life. Lord, let me catch COVID and die and, or something because there is so many things I have to address that I never struggled with in the first place. There's so many things that I have to address now that I feel like I don't know if I will ever be free. I don't know if I will ever be in a place mentally to have health. And I thank God for just dismantling those lies because some of the things that I've been working through started before counseling. So some of the things has been a few years in the process and I'm still working on them. But I'm seeing how each time more and more lives get dismantled and I am feeling better as a person so I know however long it will take um, whether it's something I continue to work through in life I will feel better and operate better and I, I can honestly say that uh, because some of the things I've shared in this podcast the reason why they came to an end um, this year and it wasn't carried on is because I recognise my worth excuse me, and I recognised that certain things that were being done to me wasn't wasn't good enough, wasn't justifiable, and I didn't deserve them. And that has come through the healing. Because um, before, I would have been like, no, I deserve it, and not now. Like, you can't do nothing to me and tell me, well, because you did this and you did that. No, you're accountable to your own actions, and I stand firm in that. Um, but essentially... When you don't address your wounds, you package that up in your children. I, from a very young age, started to play counsellor and that wasn't out of my choice. Um, I was forced into that position because my father would vent to me about my mother. Then my mother, knowing that my father has vented to me about her, would vent to me about him. And there are details. I don't care how mature you are, how spiritual you are. When you are a child, you are a child. And there are details that should never be shared with a child. Because a child does not have the capacity to carry the weight of the information that has been shared. No wonder why. I developed in my late teenage years heavy anxiety. Anxiety being so bad that I've been to hospital about it. Thinking I have epilepsy and the doctors doing test after test and looking me in my face with love and compassion and saying, Ronnie, um, do you think it's stress? Do you think it's anxiety? And me taking a deep gulp and a deep breath 
and somewhere deep down believing them but not wanting to hold on to it because at the time I was in and out of hospital I still was operating under the lies of my parents and felt like God will deliver me, God will heal me, this is a lie of the enemy, no way, the devil is a lie, I don't have anxiety, what the heck is this about? And now as an adult, more mature, away from my family, sitting down and looking in the mirror and saying, Ronnie, the anxiety did not come out of no place. Your mother spoke poison into your ear about your father. And your father spoke poison into your ear about your mother. Of course you're going to have hot sweats in the night. And to go even further, when I started learning certain things, again, because at that time, God was using people outside of my home to nurture me. And I didn't realize, but it was dismantling the lies. I would turn around and say to my parents, no, don't tell me that. If you have an issue with, and I, I would get bold and say, if you have an issue with your wife or your husband, go and talk to them, don't tell me that. And the backlash I would receive, you're still a child. Don't talk to me like that. And I would say, mom, dad, don't use that Bible scripture with me and don't tell me I'm a child when you are telling me X, Y, and Z about your husband and instead you go to the church and speak to the pastor, go to counselling, you expect me to hold this information and not talk back to you. And then they would keep silent or they would go further and say, insult me in some way, shape or form. And then I would just have to walk away because obviously I couldn't say anything back because then that would just get really disrespectful and it would just be a, a mess. And there was too much mess in the household on a daily basis for me to even fight everything. Some of the days when I would say, even when I tried to use my femininity or my childlike nature and say, mom, dad, I don't think that's best. And just watching them just telling me stuff about the other person. And then when I tried to, because this, this is what naturally happens when you're put in that position. When I tried to, as a child, be bigger than my boots, as they would say, and try to be like an adult and try to help them, they would shut me down. And it sent me into a place of confusion because they would tell me adult-like things but expect me to give a childlike response. How do I respect you as the head of the home or you as the mother when you're telling me intimate details or when you're slandering this person to me? And there was a lot that I encountered and I couldn't share because one thing my parents were unified in, and this is so destructive, one thing they were able to agree in, one thing, one thing, out of my 24 years of being at home, just one thing, one thing they were able to have unity on was this, keep the business inside the house. So basically, let's feed you poison and don't go out to get medicine. 
That's one thing they were able to unify on. Other things, they would fight each other, but one thing they were able to unify on is shut up, don't tell nobody. This is our business, this don't leave the four walls. And it's one of the most dangerous things you can do to a child because then they start developing this mindset of, if I'm suffering, I can't tell anybody. Yeah, so um, I spoke for quite a while. So the I think I've broken it down into three parts. So that's kind of like one thought process. Well, one thought process. It's many thoughts, but it was in... I recorded it on, on one day then. Um, so yeah, if you just wonder why it's just about to abruptly start or abruptly finish, that's why. We should do this again. Well, you know where to find me.